you, sir. Your Bible, don't you? I thank God. I thank God for my Savior. I thank God for my church. And I thank God for my Bible. Amen. Those are three. And I'm not elevating anything. The Savior's what it's all about. Amen. But I'm glad He gave us a book to help us. And He gave us the church to help us along the way. And I praise God for the church tonight. No bypassing the church. Amen. Be careful. People want to do things outside the local church. I'm going to tell you everything ought to be done through the local church, by the local church, because that's his bride. Amen. He died for the church. Amen. And uh, he gave himself for the church. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight from the book of Mark, chapter 1 again. And I'm not preaching, as I said this morning, through the book of Mark, uh, by no means. But I just uh, was studying and two or three messages. The Lord give me out of this chapter here. And so I just feel like I ought to go back to it tonight. Appreciate the Word of God and appreciate everybody that's here. It sure has been good already to be in God's house. Amen. All the singing tonight, choir singing, special singing, congregational singing, the offering. We thank God for that. If you're able to stand with us, Mark chapter number 1, and we'll look at verse number 2. The Bible says, As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance and remissions of sins. There went out unto him all in the land of Judah and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with a camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I, one mightier than I after me, that latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name that you would add your blessings to the reading of your word. Thank you for the good singing. We ask you now, Lord, to speak to hearts, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice with me in verse number 2, the Bible says, As it is written in the prophets, Behold, and look at this phrase here, I send my messenger. And I want to say tonight, God has always had a messenger. Amen? God doesn't need man, but God uses the voice of man uh, to deliver the voice of God. Now, we have a full canon of Scripture tonight. We have a full revelation, so there is no other revelation given outside of the Bible. They sung about the Bible just a while ago, and I thank God for our Bible tonight. But God, in verse number 2, Mark is writing the gospel here, and he makes this declaration, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on God's mailman. God's mailman. Amen. I'm telling you, God's always had a man to deliver the mail and he always will have a man to deliver the mail. In the Old Testament, that's what the prophets did. They stepped on the scene when it was time to deliver the message that God had for his people. And though tonight we have the word of God, God still uses men. He still uses preachers. We know that there's no prophets today, but thank God for preachers. 
preachers. Amen. Uh, someone said that this morning, and I think it's worthy to mention again tonight. I appreciate the Word of God. I appreciate the Bible. But I thank God for men that have faithfully labored in this book and have preached to our souls uh, down through the years. Amen. And when we think about God's mailman tonight in verse number 2, God mentions in here, after 400 years of silence, 400 years uh, of no prophet and no word, uh, uh, God is sending a messenger. And he says in verse number 2 that this messenger is solidified. He said, as it is written in the prophets. Amen. I'm glad the Bible spoke about John coming before John ever came on the scene. Amen. And anytime God raises up a man, he'll always put his stamp of approval on that man. He'll always put his message. He'll always put his anointing on that man. And so God's messenger is solidified. He is sent. Notice in verse number two, behold, I send my messenger. You know, if you're going to be God's messenger, you got to be called. Amen. Uh, that means there's got to be a high calling upon our life. Uh, and I believe that preachers have a calling on their life. Uh, singers are not called to sing uh, and teachers are not called to teach. Uh, uh, but those are gifts to, to the church. Uh, but we know that men of God have a calling upon their life and they're sent. Uh, I'm not talking about mama called and daddy sent. Uh, I'm not talking about preacher called tonight. Uh, but I am saying that God himself has to speak to a man personally. And if you're a preacher tonight, you know what I'm talking about. A real God called preacher will have a message. He'll have a desire to preach God's message. And he'll have a desire to live his life in a way that doesn't bring reproach upon himself. I think there's a lot of men in the ministry that ought to just get out and get a job and be a good Christian. Amen. They want to hold one hand with the world and one hand with the church. And that's not the way this thing works tonight. Amen. There's a lot of men that want to be in the ministry, but they don't want to. They don't want the the standards, and they don't want the they don't want the responsibility that comes with being a preacher. It's more than carrying a title. Amen. In fact, if you're a preacher, you don't care about the title. Amen. It's what's down in your soul. It's that burning desire. Amen. To preach the word of God. If you can take it or leave it, I'd say leave it. Amen. And go on and serve God and be a Christian. But we see that God's messenger is solidified. He is sent and then he is seen. Notice in verse number two, the Bible says, behold, I sent my messenger before thy face. Amen. I'm telling you, they was a witness that John the Baptist was a preacher. Amen. I'm glad somebody got to see John coming. They were some that delighted in his coming and they were some that didn't care to see him coming. Well, it ain't no different today. There's some they look forward to seeing the preacher and hearing the message and there are those that they're amongst the crowd and they can't wait till it's over with but God's messenger is seen and you know tonight you and I we know when we're standing in the presence of a man of God that's been called a God and one that has not been called amen so you can have degrees on the wall and you can have intellect and you can have information and you can have an outline and it can all be smooth and it can all be homiletically and hermeneutically correct but if you're not been sent you don't have a touch. It's just dead orthodoxy tonight. 
John didn't have a formal education and John didn't have a brand new suit and John didn't have all the things that people think comes with being a preacher nowadays but John had the anointing of God he was full of the Holy Ghost he never did a miracle but he preached the message and was the forerunner of Jesus Christ and those that stood in his presence like him or not they didn't have to question as to whether or not he was God's man for the hour they knew that God had raised him up and that's what God does he raises men up I'm glad in 2023 that God is still raising up men he's still raising up preachers amen he's still raising up young men to preach his word and God's mailman is solidified he's sent he's seen and notice he's sure the Bible says we shall prepare thy way before thee he said when John comes he's going to prepare the way he's going to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ he's going to let people know that he's coming amen you know what we're doing in these last days we're letting this world know he's coming amen he's not coming riding on a donkey and he's not coming as a carpenter's son and he's not coming as a lowly peasant I'll tell you the king of kings and the lord of lords he's coming amen in Revelation 19 and verse 11 John said I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that the bible said and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he to judge and make war he said his eyes were as a flame of fire and upon his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and out of his, his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he treadeth the winepress of the fiercest and wrath of almighty God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses and the Bible said that he hath on his vesture and he hath on his thigh a name written the king of kings and lord of lords I'm telling you King Jesus is coming back to this world and just like John said you better get right and you better get ready I'm telling you tonight you better get right and you better get ready because Jesus is coming again hallelujah bless his name I wish you'd come tonight don't you wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus was to come right now hallelujah Woo! praise God I'm saying tonight he's coming and thank God I'm excited about his coming aren't you? And when I think about God's mailman, God's messenger in verse number two I see in verse three he is crying amen? He is the voice of one crying in the wilderness you know that word crying is the same word for shouting I feel sorry for people that don't like shouting you don't have to shout just don't be against it when somebody else shouts, don't stop your ears up. Don't make a face like you look like you're about to regurgitate, amen. Or if you're from where I'm from, it's called puke, amen. But I'm just telling you, don't look like you're sick and nauseate your stomach because somebody got blessed, amen. I'm telling you, you sure don't want to go to heaven, friend. There's going to be a whole lot of people shouting on the hillsides of glory. There's going to be a whole lot of shouting in heaven. You don't have to shout. Just don't knock it till you try it, amen. If you ever get a good dose of it, you'll probably be learned from here on out. I'm telling you, friend, it's still good and it's still real and it's still right. And old John stepped on the scene, not timid. He wasn't a reed shaking in the wind. Hey, listen, his voice wasn't quivering, praise God. I'm telling you, he had a backbone like a saw log. He stood tall. He preached the word of God without the fear and favor of man. I'm 
mountain yet still in his heart. He had Jesus in his heart. I'm telling you tonight, that's what we need. We need some men of God in this country once again that'll cry loud and spare not. Amen. And lift our voice up like a trumpet, praise God, and preach to a dying world and preach the word of God in this hour. Amen. And I see his crying. I see my friend. It's a single voice. He said the voice of one crying in the wilderness. It's a spiritual voice. He's saying prepare you the way of the Lord. Thank God it's a serious voice. Make his path straight. Amen. I'm telling you Paul, John preached straight preaching. Isn't that right? I like straight preaching. Don't you? Some people it makes them nervous. But I don't want to go someplace where a man of God is going to be so timid. I don't want a man of God to just be a bully in a pulpit or a smart aleck. But I don't want to go to church where a man's always trying to make me feel good or tickle my fancy about something. I'll tell you what's kept me in the right way all these years. It's been a God that my friend got up and they wasn't caring about our feelings. They didn't care if we was on their side or against it. They had one mission when they entered a pulpit and that was to deliver what God put on their heart. And I think every man of God worth his salt, listen, ought to divorce himself from public opinion and get up and just preach as if it's the last sermon he's ever going to preach. Hallelujah. And you don't want to make people mad, but we're not running for we're not running for office, are we? And tonight, John, I see his crying in this text. It was serious. I see his calling in verse 4. John did baptize in the wilderness. His calling, it involved water. It involved a wilderness. Now, John wasn't a water dog. Somebody say amen. He wasn't a Camelite. He didn't believe you got, you got your, that baptism washed your sins away. But I tell you what he did believe. He believed if you got born again. He believed if you believed the gospel that you'd follow the Lord in believer's baptism that it was a picture of the death the resurrection, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ I see John is calling it involved the wilderness it involved the word as he preached the baptism of repentance and remission of sins amen John preached the word and in this hour we need men of God that will preach the word brother there's ever been a lack of preaching of the word it's the day we're in today and we need people that will get with the word, that will say amen to the word, that, that will believe the word. And I see his crying. I see his calling. I see his converts in verse 5. And there went out unto him all the land, uh, the land of Judah and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized by the river of Jordan confessing their sins. Uh, I mean, notice the people and the places uh, and notice the power. They're confessing their sins. Uh, hey, that's what preaching ought to do. It ought to bring repentance uh, and confession of our sins we can't have revival if we're not willing to confess our sins and you can confess but not repent you know what repentance is it's a turning from I'm going to tell you if you ever repent truly repent you will confess you won't repent and not confess amen you might be able to confess and not repent 
But if you ever repent before God, you're going to confess. You see, they turned from their way. And that's what repentance is. It is a change of mind. But it is a change of mind that produces a change of will and a change of action. It's not just some little flippant change of mind. It's a change of mind that changes the way that you live. It changes your heart. I'm not talking about a work salvation. I'm talking about a salvation that works. Amen. I'm talking about a salvation that God works in and we work it out. Amen. What's on the inside is going to come out. And John preached the baptism of the repentance of remission of sins. He preached Jesus was coming. We see his calling and we see his converts. Then notice his clothing. John didn't baptize or he didn't, John didn't, wasn't clothed like the average preacher would be clothed today. The Bible said he was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. I notice his clothing. I don't know what that looked like. I'm sure it wasn't a three-piece suit. Somebody say amen. I'm sure John didn't have a camel tie. And boy, I tell you what, if we didn't have to wear these things, how many of us would say amen to that? Somebody said, well, preacher, you don't have to wear that. You could just come in with a, a polo on and, and a pair of dress slacks, you know, and uh, some hey dude shoes, and, and you could just kind of come in. No, I'm going to tell you something. That's not the way a man of God looks. I were not late. said, well, that's not how they do it in Africa. That's not how they do it. Uh, you know, that's not how they do it somewhere. Else. Hey, that's not how they do it in Papua New Guinea. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something. We're not in Africa. Amen. Hey, we're not in Papua. And they do it in some of those places, by the way, in the heat. Amen. They still wear a shirt and a tie. And listen, I'm not saying, but I'm going to tell you in this society, in the, in the culture that we live in, if I say, uh, what a, every one of us knows what a preacher looks like, and a man of God ought to look like a man of God. Amen. He'll not come to the pulpit looking like he's ready to go surfing. Amen. He'll not come to the pulpit looking like he's ready to go to some rock concert. He ought to come to the pulpit and he ought to look like a man of God. And he ought to have clothes on like a man of God. I don't know a whole lot about what John was wearing other than it was camel hair. And the Bible said he was clothed. Did you catch that? I mean, it's in there. He doesn't say he was half clothed. How would you like to be clothed? I'm talking about from here to there in camel hair. That kind of rhymed, didn't it? Y'all write that down. How would you like to be clothed from here to there with camel hair? I'm not sure I should say that a third time. But I'm telling you, he was clothed, wasn't he? Hey, what about today we live in when people don't want to wear their clothes? That's not in the sermon. That's just free. I'm glad I'm looking at a congregation that's got clothes on. See, clothes were, were made to conceal, not reveal. Is that right? And I'm talking about God's mailman. He ought to be clothed. Amen. I don't listen. He not, he's not to wear Bermuda shorts. He had a stump on that. But I'm just talking about men of God ought to look like men of God. And while I'm on the subject, Christians ought to look like Christians. And that's not just on Sunday morning and Sunday night for church, amen. I'm telling you, listen, my wardrobe doesn't have to change too much uh, uh, from Sunday to Monday, amen. Uh, I'm talking about, listen, I wear it at the end of the summer, and I'm telling you, sometimes it gets hot, uh, uh, but it's never made me want to strip my clothes off. Somebody say it, man, right there. I'm just talking about we still believe in clothing, amen. And you know what? That people get all sideways when you preach on that. Uh, in a lot of places, they'll get real sideways. But you know what? I mean, the Muslims have more clothing 
convictions uh, than a lot of church-going Christian so-called people. That's something. If you went to a mosque and preached this, a mosque, they wouldn't get mad at you. If you told them to, <clears throat> if you preached on clothing, you know what they'd say? Well, preacher, you, we got more on you got. If you go to the average Baptist church, some mama get mad because you preached on putting clothes on. Well, I've really got out here in it good, hadn't I? It's in there. He was clothed. And I think we still ought to be clothed. I see his crying. I see his, I see his, uh, his converts. I see his clothes. I see his confession. Look at this in verse number 7. And he preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me. The latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Now think about this. The unloosing of someone's shoes was done by a servant. And John the Baptist said, there's one coming after me. He's mightier than I. And John said, I'm not even, I'm not even qualified to unlatch his shoes. Boy, isn't that true tonight? The presence of Jesus Christ, he's the Holy One of Israel. He's the Holy One of God. And tonight he said, be ye holy for I am holy. And God's mailman, I see his confession. I see his comparison. He said, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, there's one coming that's not going to baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Spirit of God. And you can see that in a few verses later as he descended upon the Lord Jesus Christ. But God's mailman, he made a confession. He made a comparison. What is the comparison? I'm in no comparison to him. I can't give you what he can give you. I can't do for him what he can do for you. I can't be to you what he can be to you. Hey, you got to have more than preacher religion. Isn't that right? This thing can't be about the preacher. It's got to be about him tonight, making much of Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about, putting him first. And John, when he came, he said, I must decrease and he must increase. What I see tonight about God's mailman is that he knew the path. Look at verse 3. He said, prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John knew the path. And a man of God tonight knows the path. You stay with the preacher. You stay with his preaching. You say, preacher, you say that a lot. needs to be said. Not because of me, because it's right, because it's true, and because people are leaving it in this day and time. But if a man of God stays with that book, you stay with that man of God. If he's preaching that book, you stay with him. Why? Because he knows the path. You say, well, I know the path. I've got a Bible too, and I understand that. But God does speak to his preacher. Amen? I know God speaks to all of us. Uh, and God will speak to you about your personal life. He'll speak to you about decisions you have to make. Uh, and I understand that. And he does it in my life on a personal level but when it comes to the church uh, when it comes to delivering the message uh, it's not just about getting up and giving truth uh, but it's talking uh, it's about giving timely truth uh, and all a man of God knows is to preach what's on his heart and all a man of God knows is to say what God tells him to say he can't see what's going on in people's hearts uh, but God knows what's going on in people's hearts uh, and that preacher will know the path uh, if he'll pray and he'll walk with God God will give him the message that is needed I've preached things and other preachers have too and people would leave and think well somebody must have talked to Brother Gravely but they didn't 
It's the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about it. <clears throat> I didn't know where you was at. didn't know what you was going through. But God knew. God knows where you're at tonight. And God is going to let me say something that maybe fits and maybe doesn't fit. Why clothing, I got on clothing. I don't really fit that text. He's why, preacher, you just run a rabbit. Well, it had some meat on it. But I don't know why, why God would. I didn't have any intention of getting on that tonight, but God knows that path. He knows what needs to be said. I remember one time, Brother Allen came in here and preached one night, and a couple from another place came, and they were having some problems, didn't go to our church, just slipped in the back door. And I knew they, my wife and I knew they were having problems, but nobody else knew. Nobody in this building knew but the two of us and the two of them. And right in the middle of that sermon, he's preaching on something, and he said, well, he said, you're real spiritual, sir. He said, you hadn't talked to your wife for two weeks. And he hadn't talked to his wife in two weeks. And I was sitting up there, and my heart fell. I said, oh, Lord, they're going to think I told Brother Allen that. You know, they didn't think that. You know what they... That gentleman got right with God that night. I never said anything to him. He never said anything to me. I never said nothing to Brother Allen. But you say, what was that? God's preacher man knows the path. The Holy Spirit leads him. If he'll be sensitive. He don't know everything. But I'll tell you, God, sometime will turn the light on. And he'll let you know some things. If you'll just walk with him. He lets a man of God. And I'm glad I grew up. And I know that many of you have. Don't you thank God that you grew up around men of God that knew the path. They knew how to preach the word of God. They preached it right. And they told it right. Brother Cape was here 37 years. And he knew the path. And he preached to this congregation. And he let it right. And we thank God for those men that have preached to us. The God's mailman. He knew knows the path because God is going to give him the message and then he knows the place. Amen. John was in the wilderness. He knew where he was supposed to be at and a real man of God knows where he's supposed to be. He knows where God puts him at. He knows what the will of God is for his life. If you walk with God, God will reveal it to him. You don't have to find the will of God. You just have to live every day in it and the will of God will lead you in the direction that God wants you to go. John, his direction, what about this? It was in the wilderness. He spent most of his life in solitude. He spent most of his life in a rough place, in a rugged place, in a place that was remote where a lot of people wouldn't want to go. But John, he was a rugged man. He lived in the wilderness. He knew where he was supposed to be. I thank God for preachers that have stayed where God put them that has helped us down through the years. I want to tell you, God's mailman, he knew how to preach. The Bible said in verse 3 that he preached the baptism of repentance. Verse number seven says, and he preached. Look what he said. There cometh one mightier than I, that latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He preached Christ. Uh, he preached Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, John knew how to preach. You know why? Not because he had a good delivery. Not because he had a big following. Not because uh, he had all these other things. No, because he pointed people to Jesus. He, he preached Christ. Uh, is that not what preaching is? Uh, it's taking the word of God and it's pointing people to Jesus Christ. Uh, 
Whenever a man of God gets through preaching, we ought to not see him, but we ought to see Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that needs to be lifted up. And we come to see him tonight. And John preached Jesus, not himself. Paul said, we preach not ourselves. There's a lot of men preaching themselves today. You and I as men of God that are sitting here tonight, we have responsibility to show people Christ and Him alone. God's mailman, God's preacher, the men of God that comes through here and that preaches. Listen, when we get help, you know what it is? They point us to Christ. Uh, They preach the word of God, pointing people to Jesus, not just lost people, but saved people tonight. I'm telling you, every time somebody gets up and shows you Jesus Christ, uh, it'll help you, amen? And I know we got good singers, and I thank God for the singers in our church, and I don't see this out of anybody, and I thank God for it, but I want to say it because we never want it to come. This is not a stage. This is not a performance. Amen. It's not about people seeing us and our ability or our talent or anything. It's about people seeing Christ. I'm telling you, when people started praising God and worshiping God, all eyes was on him. Amen. It's all about Jesus. Amen. And a man of God, he'll know how to preach if he points people to Christ. And then I want to say in closing tonight, he not only knew how to preach, he not only knew the path and the place, but he knew the power. He said in verse number eight, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Hey, that's not some second work of grace. What that is, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. He moves inside. He lives on the inside. And the Spirit of God lives on the inside. And you get baptized into the body of Christ. Amen. When you get saved, you get water baptism. You may get uh, you get baptized. Uh, that's a testimony. That's a picture. And you get baptized into the local church. But the moment you get saved, you get baptized into the body of Christ. Uh, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. As I said this morning, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside. And thank God the Bible said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world and you and I are no longer a slave to sin anymore but the power of God that lives in us uh, gives us the victory amen but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ uh, it gives us the victory to overcome sin and Satan and self hallelujah and that's what Jesus proved when he got baptized the Holy Spirit descended upon him And then the Bible says in Matthew 4 and verse 1, he was led by the Spirit up in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But when Jesus got in the wilderness, he let the Spirit of God lead him and he allowed the Word of God to be what he used to overcome Satan. Tonight, that's the only way you and I can overcome Satan. It's the only way we can overcome this flesh tonight is we let the Spirit of God lead us and we let the Word of God, as they sung tonight about the Bible, we let the Word of God be our sword, be our weapon to overcome the, the evil forces. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might tonight. I want to say as they get us a song ready. <clears throat> Somebody testified this this morning. Think back in your life tonight. 
Think about preachers that God's used in your life. Some are in heaven tonight. Some are still alive. Some may not even be on the same course anymore. But there should always be an appreciation for the men of God that God put in their life. I think tonight, and young people listen to me. I'm not preaching this for myself. God knows that tonight. I'm preaching it because it's in that book. But we live in a world, a society today that has taught this younger generation, and I know you don't believe this because you wouldn't be here if you did, but they've taught this younger generation that you don't have to respect the authority that's in your life, that you can do whatever you want to do. Well, I want to tell you that's a lie hatched out of hell. You respect, you respect your parents. God gave you parents. I don't care how imperfect they may be. God gave them to you. And without you, without them, you wouldn't be here. They put a roof over your head. They put clothes on your back. They put, a, they put a meal on the table. They took care of you. Always thank God for your parents. And I'll tell you the best way you honor your parents is by obeying them. Not sassing them. Not talking back to them. Amen. You ought to thank God for your parents. And then you ought to thank God. And I have to preach it because it's in this book. You ought to thank God for every preacher God puts in your life. So, Brother Gravely, you ain't much. I know that. But I'm stuck with you and you're stuck with me. You say, Wayne, you're just, you're, you're not much. No, but we're, we're two peas in a pod That's what we are. I didn't get to choose you. You didn't get to choose me. And I'll tell you what I think about God put us all here, didn't he? Don't you thank God that you're a member of this church, if you're a member of this church. And I need your prayers, and you need my prayers. We all need to pray for each other. But you thank God for every preacher that's come through and preached to you. I don't, nobody that I know of is like this, but I, it, it stands to be said because it should be said. Don't ever, and I don't think nobody does it, don't ever be critical of a preacher because of his delivery. Amen. See, some men, they run all over his place and preach. Some men just stand still. Some men, let's just face it, they got a different personality. Amen. First time I heard Bo Wagner preach, I said, that's the weirdest preacher I've ever heard in my life. And if he sees this, he don't care. He likes it. Me and you was together. First time I, we, me and him preached together. He got up and started reading Mark chapter 5, the maniac of Gadaria. You remember that? He had on a gold, I'll never forget, purple suit, 30 buttons, had a gold shirt on, had his hair parted in the middle, and a big purple tie. I said, man, he looks like he joined the mafia. He started reading Mark chapter 5, and when he got down to the demons, his voice changed. I thought he was demon-possessed. And Brother Laddie was sitting there. I said, oh, Lord, this is terrible. Weirdest preacher I ever heard. And it went from that in the beginning of that sermon. When he got to the end, I thought, that's one of the greatest sermons I ever heard in my life. I remember one night he preached here in this church, and 
I don't know, 15, 20 people got saved. Preached on hell. And he's preached some great sermons here. But he's a different bird. Amen. He'll tell you that. But God uses different people. Thank God for all of them. Amen. Preachers. Preachers are not perfect. And I'll tell you, when I think about preachers, they're not perfect. But they're priceless to me. Think about my teenage years. I remember when I walked in the bookstore, I had $8. I didn't know none of those preachers on that table. And my preacher was out in the car ready to leave. And, and so I hurried in the bookstore. I didn't know any of them preachers. I grabbed two tapes, paid the $8 and went out. One of them was a tape of a younger preacher who blew out everything I'm talking about. He blew out coffee. He blew out biscuits. He blew out anything, anything you could think of. He preached against everything. And I heard that and I thought, man, that's a rough sermon. But something on the inside said, you want to hear that again, don't you? <laughs> and then I had another message. Brother Dave, it was, by, it was by a preacher who was in his late 80s, early 90s. He only lived about two or three more years. And he was preaching on giving, it shall be given unto you. And I've, I'm going to tell you, for about three or four years, I wore those two tapes out. I put in that real mean preacher and listen to him. Teenagers need mean preachers. You need a mean preacher. He, I'd listen to that message. I'd back it up and listen to it again, listen to it again, listen to it again. Then I put that older man of God in there. I didn't even know this. Here's what God was doing. He's taking a young preacher that was ripping hide, putting some conviction in my soul. And he was taking an older preacher that was seasoned with grace and was putting some compassion. God used both of them differently. Don't you thank God for preachers in your life? The Jubilees, the revival meetings. Don't you thank God for all those men God's passed by? You know, where would we be if it wasn't for God's mailmen tonight? Don't ever get mad at a preacher because he preaches something you don't like. Amen? At least go home and take two days and pray about it and see if he's right. But don't ever get mad. Don't ever talk about a preacher. Don't ever run him down. If he's wrong, God will take care of it. But you pray for God's men. You pray that God will put his hand on them. We need it in this day, don't we? You want a blessing in life? Write you down a list of preachers tonight or tomorrow and start praying for those men of God. God will bless you for that. They're God's mailmen. And I'm glad they deliver the mail. I'm glad they give. God gives them what we need when we need it. We all need it, don't we, as we stand tonight. If you need to come to this altar, you need to pray tonight. Brother Dathan's going to lead us in a verse of this song. You obey God while we sing tonight.